this is the Iowa State Athletics SciCast. I'm John Walters. Today's SciCast is with longtime Iowa State Sports Information Director and current CycloneStockTV Director of Programming, Tom Crochelle. On this 40th anniversary of the renewal of the Iowa State-Iowa game, Tom reflects on his favorite Cyhawk memory, Iowa State's win in Iowa City in 1998 to snap a 15-game losing streak in the series. Well, Tom, you have followed the Iowa Corn Cyhawk series really back to when the series in football renewed. Tell me what your thoughts are on the long drought without the series and then how it finally got going again and what you feel it brings to the state of Iowa. First of all, I can't think of an event in our state, save the the state fair perhaps, that encompasses what Iowa culture and what the people of Iowa are than the Iowa-Iowa State football game. The game had not been played since 1934. Uh, There were a lot of reasons for that, many of them over at the University of Iowa. As Iowa State became slowly more and more vocal about wanting to resume the series and essentially the people of Iowa wanted it and that is why there was a possibility of the legislature getting involved. Fortunately that didn't have to happen. There's several people who uh, played some roles uh, in it, some at Iowa, some at Iowa State, but they contracted and had uh, the, the series beginning in 1977 uh, with the four games at Kinnick. And the 1977 game, first of all, you have national television. You've got Chris Schenkel and Era Parsegian, you know, the, the giant Notre Dame legend, doing the game. And the lead-up to the game was – it just took on a life of its own – and it, it grew exponentially to uh, bigger than anybody could have even imagined. And I can remember being in Des Moines, listening to WHO during the state fair, and all people were talking about when they were interviewing people at the fair, they weren't talking about uh, who had the best steer, you know, where's the butter cow. It was this Iowa-Iowa State football game and how excited people were that it was going to be contested again, and it has ever since. And it does so because the people want it. And why shouldn't they? And, and Iowa State had some success in those early years of the renewal. Yes, the 77 game, you know, no doubt was an upset. Iowa won 12 to 10. But Iowa State followed that up the next year in Kinnick with a, with a huge victory. Um, one of the most exciting games, and the people who are here, I think, would, uh, they wouldn't give you an inch, uh, would be the 1981 game, which was the first Iowa-Iowa State game in Ames since 1934. And that 1934 game, Iowa State won the game 31 to 6, and it was an upset. And if you read Sec Taylor's lead, um, you know, he said Iowa State won by all, the most unbelievable score of 31 to 6, but it had an impact then on Everett getting that game played again for a long time because Ossie Solom, the Iowa coach, after that game wasn't interested in having the two teams play anymore. So when the, the game finally came back to Ames, in 1981, 
Cyclone fans were primed. And Dwayne Crutchfield early in the game gets off a big run. And Iowa State dominated the game. And this was Iowa's Rose Bowl team, John. This was a really good Iowa football team. Gordy Bohannon and, and, and all uh, those Hawks. And uh, Iowa State uh, won the game. And now with it going back and forth between campuses, it, I think, generated even more excitement. And more than anything, it's an opportunity. Iowa is a state of three million people, but a state of three million that has two great research universities. And it's an opportunity to showcase those schools and the enthusiastic love that its graduates on both sides have for the schools on national television. And how often is the state of Iowa going to have anything that's on national television? So it's a great thing for both schools. And as we know, I don't know how many people who don't have tickets come for the big party surrounding the stadium, thousands and thousands. Why? Because everybody's got a chip in the game almost. You know, you're a Cyclone fan, but your girlfriend is, is a Hawk fan. Your parents went to uh, Iowa State, but you went to Iowa. You know, I work at Iowa State, but my son goes to Iowa. And uh, Pete Taylor went to Iowa, but became uh, synonymous with Iowa State. But his son went to Iowa. And Mark Hansen wrote a column about it. I mean, that's why it's such a great thing, not to mention the water cooler on Monday at wherever you work. Well, for 15 years, shortly thereafter, Iowa dominated the water cooler and the game. And uh, that was a rough stretch for Iowa State. Every Iowa State fan wanted in the worst way to end that streak. And finally, in 1998, in Iowa City, when you least expected it, boom, it happened. And I know to you, that is one of your favorite Iowa State football games ever, bar none. Tell me your memories of that day. Iowa was a 29-point favorite in that game. The previous week, Iowa had come on the second half and beat uh, Central Michigan soundly. Uh, Iowa State had uh, lost its opening game to TCU, a team that the year before had only won one game. And you also have to remember, John, 1997, the year before. Iowa wins going away in Jack Trice Stadium, or what would become Jack Trice Stadium. And I, my first memory is at the half, some of the Iowa broadcasters in Ames at, at the half of that game in 97, laughing about how terrible we were. Well, that's really hard if you work with these coaches every day, okay? I understand it's not life and death, but it hurt, you know, it, it, you just, and uh, they hadn't felt the sting of a loss in the series for a long, long time. The kids who uh, got to see it that were in college, a lot of them hadn't even started kindergarten when, the, when that streak started. So the next year, uh, we go over there, and the team stayed in Cedar Rapids. I'm driving down. It's still dark. 
uh, and it's an early game, and I'm driving down. I'm listening to WHO radio, and Jim Zobel is bloviating uh, at length about this not a rivalry. You know, I've said it, it's not a rivalry, which really wasn't that big of a deal since Dan McCartney said the same thing. He was hammering it for all it was worth. And so, you know, the game begins, and you have uh, the, the blocked punt, then Darren goes in and scores. And you could see almost after about eight minutes, couple things. Iowa State had weapons, and Iowa had no answer for Darren Davis, who would rush for more than 200 yards in the game. Well, all these writers, they had already had their story written before the game begun, and I can't totally blame them. Okay, I mean, it's not like uh, the year before had been a close game or something. And they start coming up to me in the press box late in the first quarter, early in the second. What about this? Who's this? What is that? Because everything, the, the paradigm had totally flipped. And so when the game ended, first of all, I went down on the field and because in, in the last two minutes of a game, what happens, uh, or at least what happened when I was there, was the media uh, is taken down onto the field so we can get to the locker room fast after the game. And so we're on the sidelines, and we're on the Iowa State sideline. It was like a netherworld. It was unbelievable. Dustin Avey, who played in the game, said the whole thing was like a dream. And I remember going all the way down right where the – uh, stairways take you up into the locker room and Gene Smith our athletics director was sitting on an overturned garbage can an old rusty one and he was sitting there and I came, I just came up to him I didn't say a word and he just looked at me and he said unbelievable he goes unbelievable it wasn't a wild celebration part of that was because the players celebrated on the field okay and also let me say John if you were an Iowa Stater and you went to that game after we had lost 15 straight games and you went into Kinnick, you deserve uh, three gold stars. And the locker room then was quiet. It was like everybody was stunned almost. Even our own players, I think, were a little stunned about how we, we dominated uh, the game. The day before, the Daily Iowan, the student newspaper, had written this column about, basically it was like a kind of a fantasy column of, well, what if this happens and this happens and this happens? It still doesn't matter. Iowa's going to win the game. But what if this guy gets hurt and this guy gets hurt and this guy gets hurt? It doesn't matter. Iowa's going to win the game. People were so absolutely sure the Ames Trib did a great special rap uh, with the headline Unbelievable on it. And they had somebody just talk to different fans. And they're talking about uh, a guy's in a meeting in Des Moines. He comes out of the meeting and calls his wife and she says, Iowa State won. And he goes, no, they didn't. She goes, yes, they did. So what was the score? She was 27 to 9. Okay, so Iowa won 27 to 9. That's the way it was. Like Dan McCarney said, it was the first time that people might look at his program and say, okay, we know what we're doing. 
we're making progress. Every year on the uh, Thursday night before the game, I watch the full replay, Rich Walls on the, on the play-by-play of the game and watch it again. And by now, I know I could probably mouth the entire, entire thing, okay? <laughs> Some of the things behind the scenes and when Mark Cortez, who had been a starter for us in the line, suffered a career-ending injury, and he wrote a, a letter kind of to his fellow teammates, which was read before the game, which said, you know, Play every play like it's your last play because you don't know. You think you know, but you don't know when it's going to end. And there were so many of these different, you know, backdrops uh, to the game. And in my position, when you work with those coaches, well, and you know, you do the same thing. When you work with a group of people every day not just on you know 12 Saturdays in the in the fall every day all year you develop a bond with those people and you also develop a very real appreciation so you are emotionally vested in the game and I'm not saying emotionally vested even in a rah-rah sense it goes way deeper than that and so that's why that game meant so much to me. And it meant way, this another thing about this, this was, this was way more than beating the Hawkeyes. We hadn't won on the road anywhere in seven years. 33 straight losses. When you get a negative streak going, you know, the media loves that. They're going to hype that every week, all the time, and you're, you're just, it's going to be uh, endless. Not only did we beat Iowa, not only did Iowa State win that game as a 29-point underdog, not only did it end a 15-year losing streak, not only did it end a 30 three-game road losing streak, it affirmed the progress that Dan McCarney, a coach that all of us respected as a person, his career, and gave some credibility to where he was going. I remember Rich Walls, who did the game for ESPN2, Years later, he did our uh, bowl game against Alabama in the Independence Bowl. I said, well, Rich, you were there. I mean, you were the, there the day it happened, you know, because by then the turnaround, everybody talked about it. But you saw it. You know, Rod Gilmore, same thing. And when Rod came back in 2011 to do the color for the biggest win in school history, I think, the win over Oklahoma State, you know, we talked about it. We said, you saw it, you know. And so emotionally, because of the way the chips were down at the time to win the Iowa-Iowa State game in 1998, for me, 
you know, the 2011 win was great. It was fantastic. And it is the biggest win in school history. And I loved working with Paul Rhodes. But that 98 game, you know, we had a deal, uh, John, in 1997, we only won one game. And during that season, I'm not going to say who it was, but there was an Eastern Iowa TV anchor doing the sports. Iowa State had an off week. And he said, oh, and uh, here's one more score. Idle 21, Iowa State nothing. You know, I called him and, and called him out. And I said to him, I go, you'd never do that to the Hawks. And he goes, well, the Hawkeyes will never be in that position. The next year, we win that game in Iowa City, and that person came up to me on the field after interviews. I was walking across Kinnick to go back up into the press box, and he said, my bad, I will never say that again. And that's what I mean, is what it ended. You know, I tell people, if you work in a company and you've had eight straight bad quarterly reports. Okay, people are going to be talking. And, you know, is the head guy going to be able to weather this? And will the board of directors, how long are they going to wait? You know, now the difference is this company is played out in the papers every day. And the coach has to get up there every week and talk. But it gives you an idea of just how great. And I I can't remember. I know I drove my car, but it seems like I just flew home. I get back to the office that night. Email was relatively new. It had been around a few years, but it was still relatively new. I open my email. It's an Iowa State graduate from Warsaw, Poland, who listened to, I don't know how, to the game at 2 o'clock in the morning over there. We won! We won! We won! This is the greatest! I listened to it in Poland. It, you know, this is great. The next one was from a guy in Ghana. And, I, and so this guy, I kind of actually was able to email back, and I said, well, you, you heard the game? He goes, no, no, no. Uh, but uh, my brother called me when it was over. He goes, this is the greatest thing ever. And I said, well, what are you doing in Ghana? And he said, I'm a, you know, he was a uh, graduate and a postgraduate in agriculture. He was over in Ghana helping farmers with sustainable agriculture. Those ties, everybody. I remember the fans in Ames just, you know, running out of their, people running out of their houses and they, the, you know, trucks are going around and kids are just driving up all over. And, uh, uh, you know, you were in TV news. All those TV news crews immediately send those crews up to Ames because they knew, you know, this is going to be something and, and, and waiting for the bus. And is there a greater feeling than that, you know, when people are waiting for the team to arrive and especially that day, and they took Mac, and they took him down in the end zone where he could blow off that cannon, you know, that fraternity cannon, yeah, so he could blow that off once. I guess that was a great thing. And then Mac had to dye his hair gold because he had promised the team that if that happened, and that got in, his gold hair was in Monday's Chicago Tribune. It was, it was uh, really unforgettable. And there's nobody that was at that game that had any emotional investment in Iowa State in any way that, how are you going to forget that? You're never, ever 
going to forget that. So have I said enough about that? I'm sorry. <laughs> you have, and uh, but it brings back a lot of great memories for a lot of Iowa State fans that experienced it, and it changed the series because from that point on, Iowa State has won 10 and Iowa has won 9 as we enter this week's game. So, uh, Tom, thanks for sharing some great memories of what was a very, very special and memorable day for a lot of Iowa State fans, but obviously very much so for you. Go Cyclones. <laughs>